0: What's up, Daw Nation? Welcome to another episode of Behind the Daw. This week, we are interviewing Banggold, Gold, trans legend, trans freaking myth. What other? What other word? It doesn't matter. We're 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 interviewing Ben Gold. We're super stoked to have him. In fact, what are you going to be learning this week on Behind the Daw? You are going to be learning the music pillar content strategy. Now, what the freak is that? Where did that come from? Did I just make it up. No, no, I did not. Why would you think I would do that? Doesn't matter. We're going to be talking about it this week. We're also going to be talking about dude. when do you need a team? When do you need a team with your music career? When is the right time? Is is now the right time? Next month? It's important. We're going to be talking about all of these things. okay? so obviously there is a lot more things that we're going to be talking about in this week's episode of Behind the Dots, so stay tuned for that. But if you are brand new to the podcast, you have no idea what we're doing no idea what I'm talking about. Behind the Dot is a podcast where we interview huge music producers, music industry experts, singers, songwriters, sound designers, everyone else in between, and that's worth talking to on an emotional, philosophical, branding, marketing, and overall music business basis. So if you wanna keep learning from huge people in the music industry, so you can keep becoming a better music producer, singer, songwriter, whatever you are in the music industry, go ahead, go right below this video, hit the subscribe button, hit that little notification bell, and if you're just listening on the podcast version, right? there's, there's no video associated with this, go ahead and follow, like, subscribe, whatever is appropriate on the particular platform that you're listening on, okay? We need to talk about one more thing before we go into the interview. This episode of Behind the Dot is sponsored by our Serum Masterclass. Now, you know Serum, most popular, powerful synth in the entire world, but do do you know how to use it? Do you know all the things inside of it? All the knobs, buttons, menus, functions, all that kind of stuff? Well, guess what? We created an entire masterclass with AU5. Absolute genius, literal genius, actually concerning how smart he is. But we did an entire Serum masterclass where you learn every single thing there is to know inside of Serum. Every knob, button, function, knob. All the stuff, all right, they're all inside of there. And so if you want to take the Serum Masterclass, there is a link right below this video. Or if you're listening on the podcast version, you can just go to dawnation.net. It is over there. You can find all the information that you want over there. It's absolutely beautiful. So go ahead, click the button below or go over to Dawnation. And now is the time for us to ask, Ooh, I think I still have that list open to ask, the heavenly, the stunning, the glamorous, the irresistible, bewitching Ben to introduce us to Ben Gold and to take us Behind the Doll. I wanna welcome everyone to this week of Behind the Doll. We have freaking Ben Gold. How you doing today, man?
1: I'm doing good, man. A little under the weather, but what to expect in europe at this time of year so i'm looking out my window now and it's terrible weather so apart from that i'm doing good
0: awesome dude we had a, a bit of a pre-conversation before we started recording and me and him we talked about a few different subjects and the ones that we feel like donation here is really really gonna benefit from the first subject is why you don't want to live the life of an a-lister so why is that ben
1: i feel that i've been so lucky to have six week tours maybe two or three times a year and I double shows every weekend, sometimes three shows. And maybe I feel like I've done that. And I think like now I'm older, I love spending my time on the weekend, just kind of relaxing, you know, just chilling, not having to go to an airport, not living at a hundred miles an hour, where when you are on tour, that is kind of how you have to live. And I don't get to train in the gym as much when I'm away. I eat pretty poorly, to be honest, and it's not out of choice. Hotel food, you know, it does kind of suck. Airport is even worse, to be honest. So yeah, being at home is nice. And also just having that regular sleep pattern, I enjoy as well. And one thing I found when I was on tour a lot, or when you are on tour, is I like to be in the studio and I like to sit with my super wide screen and my monitors and my comfy chair. And that's when I really can get creative and make music. When I'm stuck in a hotel room in a not-so-comfortable chair with headphones and barely enough space on the desk for a laptop and a sound card and a mouse i just find i just kind of don't really get much kind of work done so yeah i certainly enjoy being at home a bit more and i know that if you're an a-list dj where you're touring especially over the summer you know up to four or five shows a week i know what that takes you know i say i know what it takes i've never been an a-list i don't claim to be an a-lister but i think i've previously had pretty busy schedules where perhaps that was just the limit it's demanding you know if you want to be an a-lister If you asked a 20-year-old Bengals, maybe you'd get a different answer.
0: (laughs) So here's a question with that. So from what I'm gathering and from interviewing other people that have been of your size and and bigger on the way up, really, it sounds like the A-list lifestyle is more for an entertainer rather than a creative. Is that correct?
1: Yeah, I mean, I would certainly agree with that to a certain degree, I think.
0: My reasoning behind that is because I feel like once you start getting into the A-list lifestyle, you're spending an inordinate amount of time Creating content for social media, you're spending an enormous time doing interviews, traveling, going to shows, doing fan meetups, and stuff like that. It seems like the higher up on the spectrum that you get, the less time that you have to create. Would you say that that's true?
1: Yeah, I would say that's true. When you're an A-lister, you make your money by entertaining, right? You make your money by not just being on stage performing, and I think that's kind of what a lot of you know. Instagram and Facebook and all these other social media platforms are amazing at doing that. They show that one split second image. Of you on stage and let's call it the money shot because that is what it is yeah. but you know let's just say that show is in uh taiwan for an example and uh, the dj is based in amsterdam now dj had to spend 14 hours getting to taiwan and that was just a flight and i think that is maybe missed and it's these hours that are say wasted you know they are kind of wasted because you're on a plane and yeah. you know some people might be like oh yo i just wrote a new track on a plane listen If they could show me how to do that, or if I could buy, like, if they could give me a lesson, I would pay for a lesson to know how to do that. Even flying business class, it's difficult. Or for me, anyway, for me, it's difficult. So yeah, I would agree with your question. I think that you certainly miss out on being as creative. But then I guess that's where having a real strong team behind you and around you is important to keep, yeah, to keep moving, to keep moving forward. all times you know but the brand never stops if you're on a flight that doesn't mean that your social media is down or you're not releasing a podcast or you're not about to drop a brand new single online you know all these things just keep moving
0: totally in regards to a team this is something i'm learning very 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 painfully right now which is i feel like a lot of the people are listening to this podcast and people in general human beings in general i feel like they don't believe in the concept of a team they want to do everything themselves they want to learn everything themselves they want to do the production the mixing the mastering and the graphic design and reaching out to promoters and all this kind of stuff but i truly don't think that's like physically possible i feel like number one you would literally have no life if you did that assuming that you could get everything done and then number two you're probably going to do everything mediocrely because it's going to be really hard to be really amazing at everything is this could you agree with that
1: Yeah, 100%. When you're starting out, I think it is important to make sure that you do as much as you can for your brand. Because in those early days, when you maybe don't have a profile, you know, you're not earning money from shows, Uh, maybe you, you have savings or you're working to invest in your hobby. Yeah, I think you have to perhaps try your hand at everything. But I think there will become a time where you have to sort of step back and go, uh, yeah, just sort of accept that, okay, well, I'm not good at that. Or someone else can do that better than I can. And from a production point of view, I certainly realized that I just suck at mastering. And I've spoke to fantastic engineers who know exactly what they're doing. Even the guys that master myself, I speak to them and they tell me what they're doing. But I am unable to get the same level of quality in my mastering. So when I'm producing now, I know a level of when to stop. And I get my record stem, mixed and mastered. So I know how far to push my mix before I then hand it over, if you like, to the engineer who will then finish the record. And I say finish by finishing, I mean a stem mix and then a master. Yeah, that kind of took me a bit of time to realize that there's someone else out there who can do this job far better than me. I obviously pay him, of course, but I consider him part of my team. He's part of my production team and We've worked together now for a few years. And I mean, he mastered something. I sent him the SEMS when I left my house for Tomorrowland. And I got it when I landed in Belgium at my hotel so I could download to play at Tomorrowland that day. And that's just how it goes. So he's firmly a team member for sure.
0: I really liked what you said at the beginning of that, which was like, you have to try your hand at everything. When you're just barely getting into something, you have to try your hand at everything because you will realize along the way by trying your hand at things, the things that you're really good at and the things that you're not good at. For example, like you can do the mixing, but there's no way you're going to do the mastering. When I do music, there's no way on the face of the planet that I'm going to do the mixing and the mastering. I hate it. Can't stand it. Love the product, but I just, I hate it. I loathe it. I can't. I, Every time I think about mixing and mastering, I'm like, I'd literally rather paint a fence with no paint. But the thing that I'm not going to pass off, I'm never going to pass off the marketing side. I love the marketing side way too much. That's just so much fun to me. So I see what you're saying. Try your hand at everything and then realize, you know, keep mental note from the very beginning days, what things you want to pass off in the future, because eventually you will get to a point where you can start passing those things off and you should, that will help you grow even faster, right?
1: Yeah, absolutely. hundred percent. When everyone starts, you have no team. You're lucky. I mean, if you haven't, if you have someone else in your team at the beginning and you start out together, then that's brilliant. You know, you don't often find that. But, you know, a team can be, I mean, as big or as small as you want it to be. I have a relatively small team who I speak to on a day-to-day basis. And, yeah, that would include my A&R team and my record label. That also includes the mastering guy. Maybe I don't talk to him every day. Maybe that's a bit far. But certainly when I'm working on a lot of stuff. So recently I finished my album or chapter two of my album and, and well, I actually mastered 10 tracks but we only featured eight on the album. But yeah, you can imagine, we did all that all in the same week because I did the first album and I did them. I had a few, two tracks mastered by someone else then the other five mastered by my regular guy. And then with this one around, uh, and they all mixed and mastered at different times. Now, I feel that overall it was great. And that's got nothing to do with his input or his quality. I was mixing records at different times and... The stems I was given to him were perhaps not all of the same quality. Maybe they're not mixed as well. So with this project, I decided that once the tracks were finished and they were good enough for me to play in a club, that was it. Then I would be okay, cool, this one's done. Let's now move on to the next one. And then in the last two weeks, I think it was, I was mixing mix in the morning, I have not been stuck on that project for a while, it's always good to leave a bit of a gap as well, I find, between finishing the record and then mastering the record, but yeah, uh, by doing it this way around, I certainly felt that there was a, a lot more fluidity to the overall mix and dynamic of the record, which was, yeah, again, I learned that. I didn't know that before I did chapter one, you know, that was something that I learned on the go, no one kind of told me that. I wish someone had would a little it me at that time, but... Teamwork makes the
0: dream work. Teamwork makes the dream work, dude. I've been waiting for one of us to say that, so I'm glad you took that opportunity. Really, I mean, the best definition that I can come up with with the concept of the team, right, is it's not that someone's just offloading the work for you. It's not just your contracting out. It's this the right mind state to get in with a team is this concept of synergy. And for those who don't know what synergy means, it's basically when one plus one equals more than two. The best, most basic example of synergy is making a bed with two people. If you make a bed with one person, let's say it takes forty seconds, right, to fully, completely, and do it all, right. And so if you had two people, you'd be like, oh, okay. So like if it was two people, then it would be you know like half that time. Well, really, when you have two people, it's ten seconds. And it's like it's just one plus one equals more than two at that point. And so when you have the right team members, it becomes that. The synergy that like the things that when you come together and you can create more than either of you could separately, that's where the magic happens, right? Is that what you're saying?
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm saying that for sure. And I'm also even taking that one step further. I mean, not only are you being time efficient when you have synergy and your productivity levels are high, you create this confidence within the team as individuals and also as a unit so when you start looking at the next project and you're moving forward into other projects, you know whatever. If what you just done was you achieved that and it was well received and you know you found that you did it a really good time, you were productive. Then when you go into your next project, you can have so much confidence. Yep. And confidence yep. is really funny because you can't go out and buy it. You can't go out and get it from anywhere. It's something that just happens over time, yep. and you have to be patient. In order to get these things, and these are two like valuable things: confidence and experience. Uh, when it comes to yeah, working within a team and just being a successful brand—not forget artists, forget band or whatever—like a successful brand, a product. So yeah, so I think that you can create or you build confidence by working in a team that has synergy, as you said at the beginning. You know although every team member is taking their cut of the pie and they're earning they're their money, you know it shouldn't be like you're just invoicing someone and someone's like, yo, okay, end of the month, can I get paid now, please? Of course, everyone wants to get paid. Money makes the world go around. But there needs to be that synergy, needs to be a real good balance of determin- determination, love, passion, desire to succeed. And yeah, of course, make money. But if you have all of those things, then you're going to make money.
0: You're absolutely right, dude. And I love that. There's something I just learned from a book by the guy of the name of Pat Flynn, which by the way, we're going to get into some podcasting here in just a second. He has an amazing podcasting course. If you ever want to check that out, he says the people that you should be bringing onto your team are the people who are at least fans and hopefully super fans of your project. Because if they're good at what they do, and they're super fans of your project, the amount of synergy that's just going to come out is crazy. Like my business partner that I do the courses with AU5, I am a super fan of him. I love his music so much. If we weren't business partners, I'd go to all his shows, I'd buy all his merch, I'd do all that kind of stuff. And because I'm a super fan of him, that's why we work so well together. Is because like I really believe in him. And so if you can bring on people onto your team that are super fans of Ben Gold or if super fans of Daw Nation or whoever, dude, like you're just setting yourself up to win. If they're good at what they do and they're super fans, oh my gosh.
1: Absolutely. I think, you know, having someone who is, uh, well, actually, to be honest, you just said everything. <laughs> There's nothing more for me to add to that. I, yep. I, I, I concur. I agree. And I was lucky I was I found myself in a position. I don't know if he was a super fan, but he was certainly a fan. I had a, a young guy called uh, Vessel. His name was, he was actually one of my first team members. He was my social media guy. And he kind of was a bit of everything, actually, like a bit of a, you know, admin, a bit of an assistant, social media. Mm-hmm. He kind of covered a bit more than maybe he initially was meant to, but not only did he really love my music, he got on well. But he also just loved the scene. He was enthusiastic. He just really wanted to contribute, and I think that also is the same when it comes to you know agents and record labels and PR agents you know if you have an agent that is just absolutely in love with your music and thinks your dj sets are the best dj sets ever he's going to you know do everything possible in order to get you the biggest shows on the biggest stages same with the record label as well if they feel that you're delivering you know the best music and they love what you're doing and i mean maybe with a record label maybe slightly different because maybe it's, it's somewhat more numbers based they need to see the stream counts coming in from Spotify, YouTube, Apple Music, whatever it is. But, you know, certainly at the beginning, they have to love your music. Yeah, and not. yeah, that's the same with uh, anyone in your team. I think if everyone loves what everyone's doing, like if, uh, if the artist loves the agent for getting in the best shows and the agent loves the artist for bringing in massive commission and, you know, everyone's just really happy, then what well, perfect world we were living, in, eh?
0: Exactly. No, you're absolutely right, man. So, dude, this has been a really good conversation because of the shortage of time. I want to make sure that we get your questions in about everything because Ben here, he wants to start a podcast and I really want to give as much information to him as possible. And so maybe, you know, Donation, maybe some of you are thinking about starting a podcast. Maybe you can take what we're going to be talking about and actually not do a podcast, but take the information that we're going to talk about and actually start, you know, implementing it into your music production journey. So, Ben, in regards to, you know, starting a podcast and all that kind of stuff questions that you have is there any questions right off the bat that you have that that i can answer for you
1: for this question let's just say every podcast that i'm going to record is going to be on the road now that's not necessarily at the back of a music festival in some tent you know when everyone's half drunk let's just say we do have the luxury of a hotel room where it's nice and quiet now i travel quite lightly But at the same time, if I'm going away for, let's just say, two weekends, because you have to fill the Monday to Friday with clean underwear and clothes and whatnot, I kind of want to pack light. So I'm not too fussed about taking my UAD Apollo Twin sound card on every trip. For the sake of this question, I'm going to do all the post-production at home. What device, if any, or microphone would I need that I can travel with lightly and that will give me super high quality recording?
0: That's a really good question because there's two options right now. One of them is going to be lower quality, which is what I'm guessing is not what you want to have, but I'm just going to throw it out there anyway so that you know that it exists. And then the second option is where you get much higher quality, but it's going to be much easier to be able to do it. So the first one is you can actually get lapel mics, very high quality lapel mics that connect to your iPhone. I say high quality lapel mics, but they're still lower quality than what we're used to. But you can do that and they literally just connect to your iPhone or your smartphone um, through the cord and you can just uh, record everything into there. You can have two separate microphones going into your smartphone so you can do that. You just attach it to the people that you're interviewing. You can do it like that. The second option that I have, which would be much more higher quality, is actually still doing an Apollo, but not the Apollo Twin that you and I have. It's the Apollo Oh, crap, I forgot what it was called. But basically, the Apollo Twin that we have has to be connected to a wall and then connected into your laptop. This one just has to be connected to your laptop. Plug it in. You press record. You in high five. You're on your way. So that's another option that you can do. But if you want the quality, which I think that you want, like if you want the quality that like you're hearing from me right now, then you're gonna need at least some kind of sound card to bring along. Unless you do. Oh, this one's painful. But it, I mean, you could do it. Is if you get like a device like the Zoom handheld whatever thing that people have and like it's a little like field record that you have like they're high quality but when you do that you're either going to have to have two so that you could have one for you and then have one for your guest or you're going to have to have one and then you kind of just pass it back and forth and then later in post-production you're going to have to go and separate the vocals which is going to take an enormous amount of time and it sucks and so if I was you, what I would do is I get like two, what are the SMB 57s, whatever what they're called, SMB, like it's like on the Joe Rogan show. I think I've seen you with that uh, microphone as well. It's like the known podcasting microphone. You know what I mean?
1: No, I'm not too sure I do. But as you're right, as you're saying this, I'm making notes because okay. I'm going to go and check it afterwards.
0: Okay, cool. It's the SMB seven fifty 8. I don't remember what it is. It's the microphone that makes everyone sound good, but no one sound great because it's such at a low price, but it's still pretty dang good. It's like the known podcasting app. So if I was you, I get two of those. And then I get the little Apollo thing. That way, you'll be able to record anywhere that you want to and still have it be, you know, pretty dang high quality. Because short of going and buying the same microphone and setup that I have, which would be, you know, you taking your Apollo Twin and then getting a Neumann TLM 103, which is $1,200, and getting two of those for one and your guest, you know, you're starting to get into pretty pricey and pretty delicate territory. You see what I'm saying?
1: Now, it's funny you should mention actually that Zoom H5 is a device that I have and I use for uh, recording my DJ sets. You can take off the microphone at the top. You can, you know, replace it with various different microphones. Yeah, which, uh, yeah, kind of offers different recordings. Now, it's something that I haven't looked completely, like, looked totally into yet. But it was certainly an option that I had because I have the product. And what I do know is, it has two ins. I have a Rode, not exactly sure of the model microphone, but I have a Rode microphone that requires phantom power, which the Zoom H5, I believe, offers. Now. It, I was thinking, well, okay, I know I only have one microphone, and yeah, of course, I need one for me and then one for my guests or guests. So perhaps one option would be to buy another Rode microphone. They're pretty small. you know. They're not like, I'm just looking at it right now, actually. I mean, I could probably fit it in my backpack, to be honest, that I tour with, a 2 backpack. So yeah, that was one option that I had. Now, bear in mind, if I'm on tour and I'm traveling and maybe I've got, I don't know, like six shows in two weeks or something, Mm. then... I could take my Apollo sound card, mm-hmm. the one that I need power for. If I'm just going away for the weekend, let's say, like, uh, what's coming out? Where am I going? I'm going to Ottawa and Montreal in Canada for a Friday, Saturday, Halloween show. Now, I'm probably going to fly in on Thursday night and I'm going to leave on probably Monday. Now, I'm probably going to fly in a day earlier and leave a day later just because I have friends there. Usually, I would fly on the same day and then fly back the day after I played the show, in and out as quickly as possible. Now, if I was able to record someone at that point. Perhaps the Apollo Twin would still fit in the bag because I would need less clothes. So yeah, actually, perhaps the Apollo Twin or any Apollo sound cards, but then I would still need another microphone.
0: You would need another microphone. And that's what I'd highly encourage you to do. I wouldn't skip on the quality. The quality is one of the most important things. And so I wouldn't skip on that at all.
1: No, okay, I agree. I'm also going to look into the SMB microphones that you mentioned as well. I'm not familiar with it, but then as a producer, I've never been someone who records vocals too much. But yeah, that's great knowledge.
0: Absolutely, man. What else you got for me?
1: So let's just say I've done my podcast and I have one season of podcast done, 10 episodes ready to go. Where should I go first uh, in order to get this podcast out to the world? Because now it's not just iTunes where you can subscribe to a podcast, Spotify offers it and I'm sure Apple Music either do or they're considering it, or maybe they don't. I'm not quite sure the answer to that question. But I know Spotify and iTunes do. Yes, you've got SoundCloud and MixCloud and all these other kind of different possibilities, but where is the best place to take my podcast?
0: Totally, and really quick before I answer that question, it's important to keep in mind the target audience. And so if you could tell me very briefly, like within one sentence, who is your target audience that you're trying to reach?
1: electronic dancing music fans who have an interest in production but not only production maybe interest in an artist or artists and how their day-to-day week looks yeah they want to hear t- stories of tours uh, you know stories of being on the road and maybe an insight into something which they haven't read on an interview before.
0: Totally. So just from the description that you just told me right now, I'm going to tell you right now that the primary audience that you're going to be going for are the people who are into music production, are the people who are into the music industry and want to get into it. So basically it's going to be my audience, which is totally fine. There's more than enough audience here. And that's amazing. Just know that like, that's where the vast majority of the people are going to find value. And you will still get some people that will come in that maybe aren't producers that are maybe don't want to get into the music industry. And that's fine. But I would make sure that we're catering to the, the vast majority of your audience, which is awesome. That's freaking fantastic. And so what I would say is this, there's four main platforms that you need to be cognizant of, okay, the first one and the biggest one, which is really crazy, which is SoundCloud. The reason why is because SoundCloud is just placated with producers and people that want to get into the music industry. And so having it on there is a must end of discussion. There's no way that you can get around it. That'd be the very first place I would put it. The second place that I would put it is YouTube, because YouTube is where again, the vast majority of producers are, they're always looking for tutorials and stuff like that. So if they stumble upon your podcast on there, high host over, we're in a really, really good direction. The third thing that I would say is Spotify. Spotify is the biggest streaming platform in the world. You take all the other streaming platforms, combine them all together, and they're still not as big as Spotify. So it needs to be on Spotify. And then the very last one, which is iTunes. And so the beautiful thing about iTunes is that if you get on iTunes, you get on everywhere else. So there's a lot of different podcasting apps out there. So like there's like the Google Play Store, there's TuneIn, there's Deezer, there's like all these other things that are like podcast related. But if you upload it onto iTunes, it goes to every everywhere else. And so to kind of tell you how to go about doing this, those are the four big platforms that will kind of get you everywhere to the audience that you're looking for. But to kind of Give you like the step-by-step thing to do it is this host your podcast on two different places. The first one is that you're gonna be hosting your podcast on SoundCloud. The reason why is because if you host it on SoundCloud, it will automatically direct it to the iTunes library. So it will automatically put it on iTunes, which will put it everywhere. The second place that you're going to host it is through a place that's called Podbean. That's where I do it. There's a lot of other ones that allow you to do it. The reason why you have two different places is because if you host it through SoundCloud, it will not put it on spotify they just refuse it it's ridiculous and so you have to have another hosting site which is specifically for spotify so i use podbean there's like blueberry there's libsyn there's all that kind of stuff i've found that podbean works the best and so i use podbean and that puts it onto Spotify. And then the last thing is just you uploading a visualizer video onto YouTube after you have it done, or unless you have footage, unless you film it. If you film it, then you just put the recording up onto YouTube. But those four platforms SoundCloud, Spotify, YouTube, iTunes, if you got all those covered, you got all your bases covered, and no one's going to be able to miss you. Did that answer your question?
1: That did. And it's interesting because I didn't really think of YouTube. Actually, I was thinking about YouTube for a different kind of project, which kind of brought me into the podcast idea. But yeah, no, it's interesting. Now it's worth noting that in these podcasts, what I'm probably going to be looking to doing at the minute, I have a, a, a rough framework of how each episode would go, and each episode would contain uh, the artists or the guests may uh, say latest track or maybe their favorite record. So potentially you run into a few problems uh, from a copyright point of view because I'm going to say that. Every time I play one of these records, it's going to be signed to a label. Who would want to then claim some money back, especially if you're going to be monetizing it on, say, YouTube?
0: Yeah, that's a really good question. So just so you know, on SoundCloud, Spotify, and iTunes, you're not going to have any copyright issues. But on YouTube, it's a really good point because between In the Dawn and Behind the Dawn, obviously because every single episode has to do with someone else's music, things that we don't own. The thing is, is that if you don't set it to monetize... You'll be fine if you do set it to monetize you won't be fine because the labels and everything they really don't care if you're not making money they actually like it nowadays because they're getting the exposure you're pushing their song for them for free and then they actually not it's not even for free they're getting paid for it right they're getting the royalties off that kind of stuff so really on youtube when you are using someone else's music you just set it to not monetize and you should be completely fine we've never had a strike ever and we put out over 200 episodes or something like that, like it's been a ridiculous amount that we put out. So don't worry too much about that, okay?
1: Okay, that's good to know. Because I was considering, and I probably will end up making... Well, if I can get around that, obviously, great. But the background music, intro music, I was just going to make some new music and then just not sign it to anywhere, which I can then use as obviously intros and maybe some backgrounds, maybe, you know, uh, maybe some places. I and mean, then that would certainly allow me to completely monetize a product uh you know an episode without worrying about stepping on a label toast.
0: totally so with that do you feel like i fully answered that question for you
1: yeah i mean great detail and um it's, uh, to be honest, although i'm in the scene I, I was kind of aware of it but i wasn't fully aware because i've never done it before you know i've never you know i, I see sometimes people like will, will upload something of mine and then it get taken down and then i get a message saying oh can you just get the label to allow it this time and Blah blah blah. And it's like, well, unfortunately I I don't own it yet. to that degree, you know. I can't allow it.
0: So is there any other questions that you have? Because I have something I want to say, but I want to make sure you get all your questions out first.
1: Yeah, no, you know what? Um, they were the kind of the three main questions for someone like myself who is looking to start something completely from scratch and step into a, a world that I really have not that much knowledge about, to be honest. I just hope that what I have to offer and through my contacts and stories that someone somewhere would want to listen to it.
0: And so now the thing that I want you to keep in mind, and this is something that this is where everyone misses it. This is where everyone misses like the huge growth possibility of what's going on right now, which is actually leveraging Gary Vanderchuck's pillar content strategy. Have you ever heard of that before? No. So this blew me away when I learned about this and this completely changed everything for us. You remember how I told you within four months we went from 2,000 to 20,000 followers? This is the tipping point. When I learned this, this is where everything changed, okay? There's two big, huge concepts that we need to talk about. The first overarching concept, which encompasses these two concepts, which is actually utilizing social media. So number one, find out about your podcast, and then number two, getting them to come and listen to it, and you know, becoming basically fans of the show and all that kind of stuff. So that's the overarching concept. Now, what I want you to picture is that you now you are coming to, you're walking down this path of this podcasting path, and now you are brought to a fork in the road. Okay, there's two different, different avenues to walk down now. And this is where people get in trouble. This is People assume this is the same road. This isn't the same road. These are two completely different roads we're about to walk down. The first road is customer acquisition, meaning bringing people into your world and then finding out about you and your products, in this case, a podcast. And then the second road is customer satisfaction, is once they are into your world, how do you get them to stay and to love your product and stuff like that? The problem is, is that if you went on to YouTube right now and you typed in, how do I get more followers on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, whatever you want to put in at that point? How do I get more people to listen to my podcast, so on and so forth. If you type in anything like that, they will love the two concepts together and they will absolutely, you'll be screwing yourself over for a very long time. Because like, for example, if you I'm sure you've done this, I'm sure everyone's done this, you've went to YouTube and typed, I mean, how do I get more followers on Instagram, and it says something to the extent of post regularly, use hashtags, use geotagging, tag people, so on and so forth, use stories, all that kind of stuff. The problem is, is that is not you're asking the question of how to grow on the first road, which is customer acquisition. But they're telling you how to grow on the second road, which is customer satisfaction. Those strategies that they just mentioned only work if you already have the fans, they don't help to get you new fans, here's a really good example. I followed all of that. I trended on multiple hashtags and I hit the explorer page. This thing, this post that I did, I was at like 90% engagement rate, which is insane. And I only got seven followers out of it. It was like, what in the world? This doesn't make any sense. But once I fully understood the tactics of the first road, which is customer acquisition, all of a sudden I'm expecting to get, you know, multiple thousands of followers every month now. And it's like a water faucet. You turn it on and it happens. You turn it off and it stops. There's no way around that. So now the concept of getting fans in there, since you already have fans, I'm not too concerned about it. And that could be a conversation for another time. But what I really want to talk about is the second option, which is what are the actual tactics to get people to love you and to get people to you know engage with your podcast and your content and stuff like that, that's the big thing, which is where I was coming in with with the Gary vanderchuk pillar concept. Okay, before I continue on with this, have I lost you, or are you still with me?
1: No, no, I'm with you. Repeat that name again, Gary.
0: Gary Vanderchuck, or Gary V, is what he goes by. So now his concept, his social media strategy is this, and this is like literal gold. The way that I found out about this is, I'm sure you're familiar with Cymatics, correct?
1: uh no actually
0: the reason why i say that is because they are the biggest sample pack and preset company in the world in electronic music and so i got on a phone call with the ceo of the company and they spent ten thousand dollars for a group kind of like consultation with gary vanderchuk the guy that i was talking about and by the way i feel completely fine with saying all this because this entire meeting that they've done you can watch it for free on youtube gary vanderchuk filmed the whole thing and put it up there so by all means go and test exactly you know fact check me as much as you so desire but on there basically the concept is this it's called the pillar strategy content which is imagine an inverted pyramid so you know you think of a triangle right flip it upside down right so we have an upside down triangle at this point and so then we're going to take this triangle we're going to break it into three pieces horizontally right basically you have three strips right now the biggest is at the top the mid side is in the middle smallest is at the bottom okay and so his content strategy is like this. Whenever you put out a pillar piece of content, this is what's defined as a long form piece of content. So in this case, it'd be a YouTube video or a podcast or something that's like 10 minutes to 30 minutes to an hour long, right? It's a long form content. And then once you have that created, you put it on the long form content platform. So like for you, you put it on iTunes and Spotify and, and YouTube and SoundCloud and all that kind of stuff for them to live there, right? Then what you do is then you take that pillar piece of content and you break it down into micro, hyper valuable pieces of content. So you take that long piece of content and let's say within that piece of content, you could break up like seven different hyper valuable pieces of content from that one piece of long form content. So maybe let's say that you're interviewing, who's one of the producers that you would want to interview on your show?
1: Let's say Amin Van Buren, that'd be a good catch.
0: Okay, so let's say you're with Armin Van Buren, and let's say that three of the hyper-valuable pieces of content that someone's gonna get from listening to that episode is like, he talks about how he is able to handle mental health. Let's say he reveals his secret strategy to write great melodies, and that he shows how he can balance his relationships, right? Let's say those are three concepts that are talked within there. What you can do then is you can go and create, you can take those out of your long-form content and create micro pieces of content. Maybe they're like one minute to five minutes long, and and then upload those pieces of content onto your social media, onto Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and stuff like that. Because as people are scrolling through the feeds and stuff like that, they're going to come up across these hyper valuable pieces of content and then be like, wow, this is actually really useful and really, really good. And then of course, at the end of the hyper micro piece of content, it's going to be like, if you want to check out the full episode, go back to the, you know, go to YouTube or Spotify or wherever you can listen to the full episode there. So that way you're getting so many more people's eyes on it. And you're giving them value upfront because if you don't do that, if you go the other route where it's just you just post on Instagram or Facebook and you're like, hey, a new podcast is up, go check it out. You're shooting yourself in the foot because you're providing what's called potential value content. When people see it, it's like that could be really good. That episode could be really good. It could have value for me. But the problem is when you have potential value content, you don't have a leg to stand on because there's so many other things on social media that are grabbing for their attention. So and so is pregnant, so-and-so is pregnant again. So and so thought they were pregnant, and now they're not, and now they are. You know, like there's so many things that are grabbing for people's attention. So when you have potential value content, you can't stand, but when you have what's called obvious value content, which is what we're talking about here. When people see it, they immediately get value from it. They immediately see the value in it. It's blowing their minds. It's giving epiphanies, light bulb moments and stuff like that. You got them hooked. You got it. It's like a formula, dude. When you get them and you give them value up front, something that's just for them to sink their teeth into, they can't get away. And so that way you're getting more eyes on the episode and you're driving people back towards the episode so that you can generate more super fans that way. Now at the lowest part of the pyramid, remember the top was the pillar content and the middle is the micro content. And so at the very smallest point of the inverted pyramid at the very, very kind of tip is what's called user generated content. And so now you can take after you've created the pillar and the micro, now people are going to start sending you DMs. Oh, dude, this episode is absolutely fantastic. Here's a picture of me running to your podcast, just all oh, inspiring you and so on and so forth, right? People are going to start reaching out and doing that. Then you can take that content, put it on your Instagram story, make a post out of it, do something like that. The reason why is because when people start promoting your brand, it's like a wingman, right? If you want to be introduced to a girl, you get someone else to introduce you to that girl because they can talk you up and you be like, oh, stop. No, I no. don't. Oh, you're talking me up too much. And that's going to be much better. If you come in, you are be like, I'm a boss. I'm awesome. You should date me. You see what I'm saying? And so they're going to be doing the wingman theory for you. And it's also going to be kind of in a way a testimonial of how good your content is. You see where I'm going with all this?
1: Yeah, absolutely. You've explained it. Really simply, which is uh, fantastic, I guess, for everyone who's listening. But also, it's absolutely logical what you're saying. And I mean, even more so, the micro bits of content, you can split those up into what, you know, three, four different chunks, is what you said. And then you can just drip feed for like, however long until your next episode. Exactly. You know, just
0: it. So, with that being said, do you have any final questions with this? Because I got to dip out here in just a second. But is there any final questions with this? No, you
1: know what? I think I'm almost ready to start my podcast.
0: That's freaking legit. So, my final words for you, and this is not just for people who want to start podcasts. This is for people who are are getting into music, they're doing anything, they're making YouTube videos, whatever you want to say, right? Is that the name of the game, the name of any episode that you put out, any piece of content that you put out, anything like that, remember, is the obvious value, right? If you watch your video, you listen to your podcast, and you're like, I don't really know. What value is here? You're doing something wrong. Edit my episodes, my in the dawn behind the in dot episodes, extremely because I cut out all the crap. Anything that I don't consider valuable, it's out. Period and a discussion. Because the more value that you bring to people when they when they come and listen to your episode, watch your thing, listen to your song, whatever, the more light bulb moments, the more epiphanies, the more like oh my gosh, that solves this problem, it makes me feel better, and so on and so forth. The more things that you have like that happening. The more they're going to stay and become super fans, and the less that you have, that the more you're screwed, dude. I can't. I'm not going to name our competitors, but there are some competitors that we have that when I listen to their podcast, I'm just like, like this is garbage. Like I, like it's just someone talking about how cool they are. or It's just someone explaining you know things that really aren't that valuable to me, and so I can't listen to it. But when it's hyper valuable, dude, you, they can't get away. You see what I'm saying?
1: Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, absolutely. It really helped me out here. I really feel. I also feel that maybe I'm kind of back a little bit, maybe to where I was, maybe a reconsider my framework of my framework uh, of my podcast, my first episode, and but I think that's great because you do make a good point. People want a high quality product and whether that's because there's so much garbage out there or maybe it's just because people just want to hear stuff as you say, which just excites them, it answers questions for them, makes them feel good. Yeah, why shadow it just for the sake of it, having it an extra few minutes? Shave it off. Get rid of it. It's not needed. And I guess that kind of works in music production as well. If you don't need eight bars, get rid of eight bars.
0: You're absolutely right, dude. Well, Ben, dude, this was freaking amazing. I'm glad we were finally able to do this. Did you have a good time, ma'am? you
1: white, right, man. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, I, I hope that, yeah, you've learned something from me. I've certainly learned something from you. And, um, yeah, I would love to come back and, uh, yeah, tell you where I'm at with, uh, with my podcast over... Yeah, once I kind of get it off the grounds.
0: What's up, Donation? Nation? Did you enjoy that? Did you learn a lot? Now, don't head out yet because there are still a few things that we need to talk about before this episode is over. So if you head out, don't, I will know. Okay, first off, thank you so much for watching this episode. If you like this episode, if you wanna see more episodes like this, go ahead, hit the like button that is right below this video. Or if you're listening on podcast, go ahead and like, subscribe, comment, Whatever is appropriate on the particular platform that you're listening on. We'd love to hear from you. Which, by the way, if there's certain people that you want to see on this podcast, certain people that you would love to learn from, all right? We're, all, we're always looking for new people. Go ahead and let us know. We'd love to hear from you. Send a comment. Send a comment. Go ahead and comment down below. Send a DM. Whatever is appropriate. We'd love to hear from you. Also, subscribe, comment. You know all those beautiful things to do. You. And of course, I wanna let you know that this episode of Behind the Dot is sponsored by the Serum Masterclass. If you wanna know every single thing there is to know inside of Serum, every knob, button, function, knob, I don't know how many times I've said that sentence, but a lot, but if you wanna know all of these things, as well as a ton of advanced techniques, get a bunch of bonuses, there's a Serum Skin, there's a preset pack, there's a whole bunch of crap, right? Good crap, but if you want all these things, there is a link in the description of this video okay go ahead and click that link if you're not on the video you're listening on the podcast there's a link in the podcast if you can't access that and you're just terrified of going into the description and finding links inside of there it's just it's haunting it's terrible you hate it go ahead and go over to DAWNation.net. you can find it over there as well as all of our other courses we currently have three other courses that are live and one course that is in pre-order we have tons of stuff over there for you to take your music production skills to the whole next level so with that that being said, hopefully you enjoyed this episode. We'd love to hear from you. And with that being said, make sure to check back here for our next episode. It's an In the Dawn episode. I am currently blanking on which one it is. It's like Graves or We Are Fury or Charlie Crown. We have a lot of cool episodes coming out, so stay tuned for those. With that being said, we'll see you on the next episode.